Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Everyone, so honoured to be with you here today. If you don't know me, my name is Josiah and uh, along with my family, we lead Elevation Tamworth. It's a great honour and privilege to be able to do that. And it's an honour to be able to speak with you elevation here today and look i know this is really different um, this season and this time this is different but you know this thought and this time that we're sharing today together this is going to be a little different too i want you to not necessarily think of this as maybe a, a sermon but maybe think of it as more of a a conversation and you say well like um, you're the only one talking so how can this be a conversation well what i'm hoping is is that for all of us our souls have a conversation with God. And so I know this is really different. Uh, I know this time, like wherever you might be watching this, you might be in a living room, you might be watching on your phone, you might be on a smart TV, I don't, I don't know. I know it's different, but, but I know this, that uh, we need Jesus, we need God, and in this moment, would you do me the honor of, of praying with me? Because I need Him, you need Him, we all need Him here today. And let's take the next about 18 minutes and just focus in and hear what He has to say to us. Father God in heaven, God, we place our lives before you afresh today. And Lord, I ask that you would lead us, God. Lead me, lead my thoughts, lead my words, lead my actions, God. Lead all of us, God. I pray for every single one of us as a church and as people, Lord, that God, in this time, Lord, we would have a conversation with you, and that, God, you are the one who is leading us into a great next. I thank you for it, God. I trust you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as I said, it's been a huge time of change. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. You know, you go to, to Woolies and everything is, is different. Uh, you know, you got the, the plexiglass between everybody and, and there's only supposed to be so many people in the store or, or you know, it's like that everywhere. And, and one of the questions I'm getting a lot is uh, for us here, and I know everybody around Elevation, around the country would be getting the same kind of questions. It's like, what does church look like now? How's it gonna change? What's the restrictions? When are we meeting back? What's all this gonna happen? Where's it all look like? And, and so there's just, there's just so much change all around us and it's a season of change. Uh, but what we want to talk about over the next few weeks is what are some things that never change? What are some things that uh, we can really count on, we can really rely upon? Because in a time where it sort of feels like everything's been turned upside down, we need to know what those things are. We need to know what we can hold on to and what will never change. You know, it's, it's been said before that, you know, the only thing that is certain in life, the only thing that will never change is, is death and taxes, <laughs> which, you know, I, I, I get that. But, you know, sadly, over the last few days and weeks, we've been reminded of one thing that seems to be something that, you know, we always are hoping that there's more change in uh, and, and we want to have more change in, but we had a, a heartbreaking reminder in America only a few days ago um, that hate and, and racism and division is still a reality. And I want you to know that we as a church uh, are totally not okay and totally condemn all racism, all division, all anything like that. What happened to George Floyd in the US is an absolute tragedy. Uh, when we're in the custody and care of those who are assigned to protect us, we should be safe. And sadly, these things happen too often and have happened too much. 
And this has broken the heart of the world. I know it's broken my heart. I know it's broken a lot of your hearts. And, and I think it hopefully has broken all of our hearts. And I, and I think all of us are kind of going, well, well, what do we do? Like, it, it seems like something that at times can be something that is so big. And, and, and if you're like me, you know, my initial emotional response in times like this is, is actually anger. I get really angry. I get really upset at, at what is going on and, and that something like this could, could happen, could still happen. And, and I think a lot of us are, are angry in this moment and, and, and it feels like it's like, wait a minute, everything is changing, but, but we still need this change. And, and I wanna talk to us as a church and as a, a body of people that in this time of change, that I believe is God, that God is calling us to rise up and take a stand and take our place as the church of Jesus Christ like never before. You know, I, I, I say that um, this is the kind of thing that it's like, man, will this ever change? You know, you could go all the way back to the very beginning of the story of mankind and the first two brothers that there ever were, uh, Cain and Abel. They're the first human beings who were born and created and conceived like you and I were. You know, uh, God formed Adam and Eve. So, you know, we don't have exactly like that. I wasn't formed out of the dust of the ground as Adam was, as Scripture says. I was conceived inside of my mother. And, and Cain and Abel were the very first brothers, very first people conceived. And if you know the story, Cain murders Abel. And so I want us to first realize that this, this idea of division, and, and I want to take this is so broad into the calling of, I think, of who we are to be as Christians. And the thing about being a Christian is, and, and taking your place as a Christian is this, is when we take our place as Christians, uh, Christ actually teaches us and shows us how to be a new kind of human, and I think how to be a, a perfectly perfected human as we step and are more like Christ. This very first two human beings there's division, there's hate, and there's murder. And so this is an old story. And Cain says something that I'm afraid is too often an old response that we can have when we discover division, when you discover hate, when we discover racism, when we discover things like this in our world. Cain says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, when God says, hey, where's your brother Abel? In Genesis 4, 9, Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And this is a question that I want to ask us and I want to bring around in our hearts for everybody out there who is a follower of Jesus, who is interested in being a follower of Jesus, everyone listening to this today. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, the answer is yes. All of us are called to be our brother's keeper. Now, some of you may have switched off of this already and, and I understand that you know, it's a sensitive topic, and I understand that some people might be upset that, uh, at what I'm going to say. Um, but, you know, one of the things God spoke to me in this isolation time is He said, Josiah, your, your uh, level of influence will always be limited by the level of criticism you can take. And so I want you to know that on this issue, this is something I'm, I'm quite welcome to take criticism upon of our issue as a church to love the world around us our issue to be our brother's keeper. You know, this time over the last few weeks 
and months that we've experienced where we haven't been able to do things normally like we normally would do as a church. Uh, like I was saying before, it feels like everything was different and, and, and we didn't know what we could do and where we could do it and can we have services and all of this stuff that we were doing just stopped. And one of the things that it's done for me is it's really made me search, okay, well, if we can't have church, so to speak, as an event on a Sunday, well, what, what is the church? What are we? How can we still be the church? And one of the things that, that God really spoke to me is, is this, is that, you know what, just because church services close, the church of Jesus Christ never closes. The church of Jesus Christ is always open. And we are called always to be our brother's keeper. And so you might hear this and you might be kind of like, oh, look, I don't know. Hey, one of the first things we need to do with this call to be our brother's keeper, to step up and be a voice for Christ, a voice for love, a voice for justice in our world. One of the first things we need to do is take it personally. We have to take it personally. You can't see it as someone else's issue. You can't see loving your neighborhood as your church's problem or your church's program that they need to put on. It can't be uh, someone else's thing. This is something we go, this comes down to me and I am gonna take it personally. You might say, well, but Josiah, I'm not, I'm not a racist or I'm not, hey, look, I'm not talking about that. I'm not accusing you of that. But what I am saying is all of us have been called by Christ to live a life of love for the world around us. You know, the Bible says very clearly, Jesus said in Matthew 20, 26, Jesus said, whoever would be great among you, he must be your servant. And one of the things that God has been challenging me as a leader of a church and as a pastor, it says, Josiah, are you promoting services or servanthood? Because I'll tell you right now, what's going to change our world is not just services. Now, hear me right when I say this. I can't wait till we can have services again, whatever that looks like, because all are different locations, different sizes, different rules, different states. It looks different. No doubt it will be different probably for a while going forward. So I'm not totally dogging that out. But, but, but God challenged me and said, are we building services or servanthood? I can tell you with everything that is within me, with all of my conviction, I want to be a person who is building servanthood in my life, in my city, in my family, in my marriage, across racial divide, across every divide, that we are a people who is about servanthood and not just services. Because you see, if we can't have services, like I said before, and then now all of a sudden, we're still supposed to be the church. How can we still be the church? Hey, listen, the church is not built strictly upon services. The church is built upon servanthood. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul is talking, and it's the famous chapter that gets read a lot at weddings in 1 Corinthians 13. And he says this, he says at the end, uh, at, the, at that verse on 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he says, these three, now these three remain, faith, hope and love. But the greatest of these, he says, is love. You know, we might think, well, but no, no, see, the greatest is faith. Like people need to have the right faith. They need to believe the right thing. And no doubt we do. You know, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I'm not downgrading faith, but it's interesting that Paul says, you know, faith, these three remain. It's one of the, you gotta have it, but you know what? It's not the top one. Or we can think, 
you know, we got to have hope. We got to give our world hope. We have to give people hope for a better tomorrow, hope for their future, hope for their kids. And we must have hope. The Bible says that if we have hope deferred, it makes our hearts sick. The Bible says that Jesus is our hope. And so no doubt we must have hope. But Paul says, hey, even hope isn't at the top of the list. He says the greatest of these is love. And I believe God is calling us firstly to take this personal and then to come in our place of repentance, to come into our heart and say, God, I want to reposition my life to be built upon love not built upon fear, not built upon, well, if I don't do this and I don't do that, God might be mad at me. These people might be mad at me. I don't know. Not built on fear, but a life that is built on love and to come to God with a heart of repentance that says, God, I want to move forward in a whole new level of love. Because listen, I'm not saying that you weren't before. I'm not saying that we were doing everything all wrong before, but what I am saying is this. We have a tremendous opportunity as a church, as bodies, as a body of believers, as Christians, to live a life of love, to live the life that Christ has called us to live, to live a life that says, you know what? I'm gonna pick up my cross, as Jesus said. I'm gonna pick up my cross, deny myself, and follow you, Lord Jesus. I'm living my life that's not for myself. I'm living my life for others. I'm living my life for love. That love that, you know, says I genuinely care. Because, you know, we can think, well, what does it mean to, to love someone? Because, you know, I love my wife, but I can't love everyone the way I love my wife. <laughs> or sometimes we throw love around, too. It could be like, man, I love pizza. But, you know, if the pizza is not exactly right, or the toppings aren't right, we can be like, eh, I'm done with that. What love is, is something that says, you know what? I honestly, genuinely care about you. And I'm going to take action to that. And I'm going to show you that. Because love needs action. So I want us all today to come with a heart of repentance. I know my heart has been broken in repentance over the last few days of just saying, God, God, forgive me. God, I, I, I take this personally, Lord, and I want to turn and change. Here's the awesome thing about repentance. Repentance isn't just being like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, that's, that's, that's feeling bad or, or that's having grief or, or you know, and, and that's, that's, there's a place for that. But repentance isn't just about feeling bad. Repentance is about change. And can you imagine a church that is mobilized and unified in love that we said, you know what our mission is? To love our city like this city has never seen before. To love my neighbor, to love the people next to me, to love the unlovely, to love the unlovable, to step out and to change into a new season of love. Because I'll tell you right now, that is an unchanging thing. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son. God loves this world. He loves you. He loves me. It's unchanging. And now I believe he's calling us as Christians to step out and to operate in that love like never before. And that comes first from a heart of repentance, which brings about change. And then out of that, you know, Romans 8.1 says that there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. And I believe that today. And I'm not here to bring condemnation to you. But what I am praying for in all of us is a conviction 
Because you see, a condemnation will bring in your heart, it'll bring failure around you. It, it, it closes in around you and says, I failed, I, I, we failed, we can't do this, I can't do this. It's condemning, it shuts everything down. But conviction, oh, conviction is like pouring fuel on a fire. And I pray today that all of us, this is not a new thought, but that all of us would be convicted on a whole nother level to live with the conviction and to work out and to, to, to put action to the conviction that says, God, I must be known. And we as a church must be known for our love because Jesus, you said that's how people will know you're, that we're your disciples. That's how people will know that we're following you is by our love. And in the midst of everything that's going on, and all of this change and all of what's what and who knows and all of this uncertain future. One thing I know that is certain is if we as people will take it personal and say, you know what? I'm stepping out to be my brother's keeper. I'm stepping out to love my neighbor like never before. I'm taking it personally. I'm not waiting for some event to, to spur me on. I'm not waiting for someone else to organize some big thing. Even though I, you know you can be a part of those things. What I am saying is for me today, I want to live my life with the conviction of love. One thing I know is if a church and a people will do that that is unchanging, we are on the cusp of maybe the greatest revival our world and our town and our cities and our nation has ever seen. We are on the edge of a renewal like would blow our minds if we could see it. If we will take this opportunity, this 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 pause that we've had followed by all these events that have just made us go my gosh our world is so broken to realize that the answer for that world is Jesus Christ and his love and to have a heart of conviction that says no matter what the cost no matter what it takes I'm going to pick up that cross of Jesus and I'm going to declare that gospel of Jesus that says this he loved me before I loved him. And he loves you before you loved him. Even when we hate him, even when we're the one who is putting him on the cross, he is saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Even then he's reaching out in love towards us. So I pray that you have a conviction today to say, God, like never before, let me live from love. If you're watching this and you say, Josiah, that, that's, that's me. I, I, I want that. I need that. I want to pray for you. And then also you might be watching this, you know, might say, I've never received the love of, of God. Or maybe I, I did at one point, but if I'm honest, I'm far from that love right now and I want to come back. Hey, God is, is here present with you now and he's, he's waiting to move upon your heart right now, right there, wherever you are. And, and whether you've never known him or you haven't, you've, you've gone away, right now you can be reunited with his love. But firstly, if you say, Josiah, well, that's me. Like, I, I want to be convicted. I want to repent. I want to be moved by love. I'm gonna ask you to do something a little bit radical. Even though I can't see you, sometimes I think we gotta break the mold. We gotta step out. We gotta shake things up a little bit so that we kind of have a point of memory. It's not that there's magic in an action, uh, it, but it's kind of like, I'll give you a quick example. It's kind of like 
having a, a wedding, like a big wedding. You know, you can go down, sign the paperwork, and legally you're just as married. But we have a ceremony, we have a party, we have a celebration. Why? Because we want to mark it as a moment and a day to remember. And, and so I want to ask you to do something where if you say, Josiah, that's, that's me. I, I'm, I'm convicted today. I, I, no matter where I'm at, I, I want to repent today. I want to go to a whole new level of saying, God, I want to live my life for your love and to share your love with the world around me. What I want you to do is right where you are, wherever you are, if that's you and you want me to pray for you and pray together, I want you to stand up. Maybe you need to stand up off the couch. Maybe you gotta stand up out of bed. Maybe you have to stand up off the toilet, I don't know. But wherever you are, would you stand up as an act to say, I'm gonna take a stand for love. I'm gonna take a stand for this gospel. I'm going to take a stand in my generation to see the love of Christ spread through my streets, spread through my neighborhood, spread through my school, spread through my workplace. I'm taking a stand for love today. Let me pray for you and pray for us. Father God, I thank you for every person that is standing right now, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, God, that it's not just out of emotion. It's not just out of grief, God, even though we are grieving and angry in these moments, God. But Lord, I thank you that right now it's by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that your spirit is there and present with them wherever they are. And God, it's, you're moving on the inside of them, God, and you're, you're already beginning a work and you're already planting seeds. God, you're planting seeds of ideas, of ways we can show love, ways we can step act into action, small things big things, God. I believe that there are ministries being born right now. I believe there are not-for-profits being born right now. I believe that there are movements being born right now in people's hearts as, God, we stand up and say, God, I take a stand to say, Lord, I am going to stand and share your love, your love that is unchanging, your love that is unshakable, your love, God, that will last forever, that is deeper and higher and wider. God, we take a stand for love. God, use us to be a change in this time and in our generation, and not just a change in a social improvement, God, but a salvation, a salvation from heaven, Lord Jesus, to see the greatest revival, to see a great renewal, to see an incredible move of God in our day and in our time. And Father God, I pray for every person as well who doesn't know you or who is far from you, who is saying in this moment, God, I need you, I want you, come into my life. God, I pray you're moving upon them right there, right where they are, and God, as they open up the door of their heart, that Lord, you come in, you change, you make them completely new. God, flood them with your love right now. In Jesus' name, amen.